back in the fur shed for episode 38 of the Trapping Today podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Jeremiah Wood, your host, and the Trapping Today podcast is brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures. That's K-A-A-T-Z bros.com. Kyle and Kellen Cots, they have a full line of trapping supplies. They have lures and baits uh, that they make. They got all kinds of lure making supplies and ingredients, books, DVDs, all kinds of trapping stuff there, traps, um, and and most everything else that you need. So uh, go check those guys out. Um, it's great to have them on board uh, supporting the podcast. And if you uh, have listened to previous episodes, you know I talked a little bit about uh, advertising on the podcast, and I was going to hold off on that. My plan uh, was to just kind of continue growing, get more people listening, and uh, then maybe reach out to advertisers in the future. Um, if you know uh, much from TrappingToday.com, uh, Kyle Cotts, uh, Cotts Brothers have been advertising on Trapping Today for over a year now, and it's been a great experience for them, great experience for me. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, they're, they're a great company. I'm just really I do all kinds of business with them and really happy uh, to support them and happy that they they support trapping today. So uh, Kyle uh, talked to me about advertising on the podcast and I was, you know, I was a little hesitant at first, but, you know, we talked it over and um, he was, you know, really, really supportive and uh, wanting to to help out and support the podcast uh, while it's small. Uh, but continues to grow, so uh, taking a chance uh, by supporting it uh, through advertising dollars that that this thing's going to grow and become more popular over time, and I sure do appreciate that. So uh, you know, helping to cover uh, the cost of keeping this thing up on uh, on the air, uh, available for you to download. So that's pretty awesome. The other thing that an advertiser does is. Uh, it forces a guy to uh, sit down every Sunday night and uh, record a podcast episode. So <laughs> um, I already did commit to kind of, you know, d- doing this uh, once a week, and I've been able to keep that up for quite a while. So hopefully, uh, this little added um, uh, pressure will uh, will keep trapping today podcast coming to you every week into the future. So it's great. Uh, check out Cost Brothers. Another important thing uh, to do uh, if you're looking for a place to get trapping supplies, they're just great guys to deal with. Like I said, they ship out fast. Uh, every time I order from them, uh, it's it's the next the next business day that order is shipped out. It's pretty amazing how quick they are. Uh, those you know two brothers are the ones running the business. They're there. You call you call up. Uh, their phone line. They're in Savannah, Illinois, and they're the ones that answer the phone. It's a small business. is very well run, very efficient. And one thing that uh, is a really good idea for you to do is sign up for their newsletter. So if you go to cotsbros.com, that's K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com, and you go down uh, th- there's a home, about, shop, contact. There's a bunch of different menus there. Uh, and in the front page there, there's a thing that says newsletter sign up. If you click on that, it's going to show you a form. All you do is put in your name your and your email address and your state, and you click on subscribe. And what that's going to do is every time they have a new product, if they have specials, 
uh, you're going to get an email. So it's a great way for, for them to reach out to customers to uh, to help promote certain things. And it's also a great way as a customer to to get uh, the lead on some, some deals, good deals they have going on. Sometimes they'll have products that are closed out and they offer a really good price on them. I think they got some, I just got a, the last newsletter recently. Uh, they've got uh, some snares. They're trying to clean, clear out a stock, and they get a really good deal on them. So uh, sign up for that newsletter. They're not going to spam you. Uh, you, I, I don't receive those uh, emails very often. Uh, definitely not more than once a week. So uh, it's not, and you can unsubscribe anytime. Uh, but sign up for that. Uh, support the guys that support the Trapping Today podcast. That would be really, really great. And while you're at it, if you go to trappingtoday.com, if you haven't already subscribed to the Trapper email list, I send out an email blast every Monday morning at 7 a.m. It goes to uh, the subscribers, the whole pile of people that get that. And basically what it is is anything that's been posted on Trapping Today for the previous week, uh, you're going to get an email that just has uh, links to those different articles. So sometimes I don't I don't put up any articles, but I'll have the podcast episode that'll be on there every week. And it'll just a quick way, it's in your email inbox. You can click on that and broop, podcast comes up. Uh, and if I wrote something like this week, this past week, I had um, an article on the NAFA July for auction results, had something on earth anchors and stakes for trapping. I did a little write up on that and I did a lure making books and videos for trappers it's kind of a resource page where there's a bunch of links to what's available for uh, lure making as far as the books and videos that are on the market that you can get so that's all at trappingtoday.com and on the sidebar of the site you see something if you're on your desktop or laptop it's on the side on the right hand side and it'll say join the trapper email list free weekly updates of the latest posts. You just put your email address, hit subscribe. It's going to send you an email to confirm that. And you'll get, once a week, you'll get emails. And you can unsubscribe anytime. I get people that unsubscribe. Not a problem at all. Uh, I know nobody likes to get a bunch of stuff in their email inbox. But for those of you who enjoy getting that stuff, uh, I think it's a great resource. And it's an easy way to keep you up to date so you don't have to keep visiting the site to see if anything new has been posted. And as we get closer into the trapping season, uh, uh, hopefully there will be more and more stuff that will be posting on there. So anyway, that's uh, Cots Brothers. Be sure to support them. That is Trapping Today email list. Uh, but let's get into a few other things here. One of the big things uh, that we're into right now is we're in the swing of convention season. So as I record this, it's August. And the uh, National Trappers Association convention was up in Escanaba, Michigan. Uh, that's come and gone. Uh, from all accounts, it was another great, uh, great convention. Uh, the people up there did an awesome job of promoting it, awesome job organizing. There's all kinds of people there, especially considering that we're in uh, a low fur market. It was uh, apparently had some pretty good participation. And Upper Peninsula, Michigan is a great place to visit. I, I've driven through it. Uh, it's a lot like where I live in northern Maine. So it's just a beautiful area. The state conventions around uh, the country, different associations are having their conventions. So uh, the Trapping Convention, if you haven't been to one, 
highly, highly recommended, especially for new trappers who are looking to get experience. You know, you don't always have uh, a trapper or set of trappers around you that you can talk to, bounce ideas off of, uh, just talk general trapping, maybe learn stuff from. Um, it's also, you know, you don't, we don't all have suppliers. So, you know, even though it's very convenient to go online and, and we get a, a bunch of great dealers on online that we can make orders from, sometimes it's good to be able to get your hands on stuff and actually look at physical products and, and some stuff is expensive to ship like traps and wire. So the convention is a great place where it combines all that stuff. Uh, meeting up with different trappers, meeting new people in in the trapping world, uh, learning. There are demonstrations where experienced trappers will put on demos uh, of d a bunch of different topics on snaring, on foothold trapping for coyotes, uh, martin trapping, all kinds of different topics, water trapping. Uh, there, there's just an, a great variety of, of topics that you can learn from. And there's all kinds of vendors and places to to buy trapping supplies and books and everything else so the convention is just that that rare instance where those of us in the trapping tribe can all get together in one place and for me the biggest thing the convention does is just gets me ex really excited and rejuvenated about trapping as a whole because when you're on your own and you're not uh, doing much of it with other people uh, it can get kind of old and and not that trapping gets old but just you stop thinking about certain things and thinking about things in a certain way and when you actually get to talk to people it sparks ideas and you it just you get more excited about it I, I found that anytime there's someone nearby that I talk to that that is into trapping <clears throat> it's just really uh it is a it adds a, a spark to things and it gets you thinking more and gets you excited about the upcoming season so so check out a convention if you don't know whether there's one near you you can go uh, just google your state trappers association and uh, on trapping today I do have a place uh, if you go in the search box there um, search trapping today uh, just type in uh, state association and I have a list of all of the state trapper associations there and a link to their websites where you can click on there and, and contact them or see information on on their conventions. And for us, the the convention that's nearest me right now is coming up this coming weekend. It is Neil Olson's Trappers Weekend in Bethel, Maine. And it's actually like five hours away from me. So uh, Maine is a, is a pretty big state, and it's all the way on the other end of the state. Um, it's it's quite a long drive, but it's a beautiful area. And as of right now, I am trying to make it there. So I got a few things I got to wrap up here at work, and a few scheduling conflicts that I have to take care of. But if all of that goes through, um, a few days from now, I'll be on the road headed south to Neil Olson's Trappers Weekend. And I was there last year. It's an absolute blast. There's at least a couple thousand people go through the gates there during the weekend. Uh, camped out on the grounds. There's there's like 20 acres there that people are camped out on. It's just incredible how big that convention is uh, for, you know, aside from like the NTA, uh, 
that is Neil's is one of the biggest conventions uh, that there is. So I'm looking forward to to meeting some people that I've seen in the past and also meeting new people uh, if I can make it there. Um, getting some supplies and um, learning some new things. There's always something you can pick up. Uh, it was it was pretty cool uh, last year. I set in on a, a whole lot of uh, the demos. There were some really interesting demos there. Some of them are are just are the same year after year, which is fine. It's great to get a, a refresher on that. Some of them are guys you've never heard of, and but they have a lot of great information. So I've, if you uh, if you Google just Google Neil Olson Trappers Weekend, you get that. Uh, and and there's a, a flyer that's the 42nd annual New England Trappers Weekend. They've been doing it there for 40 two years if you can believe that there's people that go there have gone there just about every year since the beginning uh so many people have come and gone um, some people just go they don't even trap they just love to go and, and hang out with trappers so uh thursday august 16th is when the dealers come in and set up and the convention opens friday the 17th there'll be uh, a bunch of people that'll go in and camp on thursday night uh, I've gotten in there late Thursday night before, and it's just the place is just packed. And on Friday morning at 7 a.m., the demos start. There is uh, there's vendors on there. There's a whole bunch of different uh, trapping supply companies and fur companies, and just a uh, people tailgating out of the back of their trucks. There's people everywhere. Uh, you can get any amount of trapping supplies that you could find used traps new traps i've bought a whole pile of used traps there got great deals on them sometimes they're overpriced sometimes they're underpriced there's uh you can get get there and i was there at 7 a.m last friday for newt sterling's snaring demo and there was right next door to the the tent where the demos were being held there was a dude cooking breakfast, and it was like five or six bucks, and they got this full breakfast with coffee. It was just awesome. It was a, it's a great deal. Um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're the guys there uh, serving, uh, serving food at a really reasonable price. There is just events going on. There's all kinds of stuff for kids. Um, a little bit of highlights. So Friday, you got uh, Newt Sterling on snaring. This year again, uh, that morning slot alley eights on trap adjustment. Kevin Hilton, bottom edge mink. Jim Campbell, Connecticut raccoons. Gary Jepson's going to do a demo on bobcat trapping. Jerry Braley on beaver and otter. Jim Geffert, New York style fox trapping. John Pingley, beaver and otter. Jason Vance, Maine style canines. Woody Debray, New York canines. Alan Hewat. Wild after control supplies. He's going to do uh, beaver skinning demonstration. Um, that's basically all day Friday demos. And there's a little auction Friday night. And Bob Noonan is supposed to talk trapping Friday night at 7:30, so that should be a good time. Saturday, you got Harry Seekins doing canines. Jeff French, New York mink and rats. Uh, Randy Cross is the main bear biologist, and he does an awesome demo on bear trapping that thing is just packed people people absolutely love that usually it's an hour long but it usually goes over um randy is, is just really good at what he does he's he's trapped i believe a couple thousand bears in his career and uh the best of the best he he just and he does a great job with it 
Um, John Epler from Epler Fur Company is going to give a fur market report. I really enjoy that. Uh, Glacier Ware, Randy Richard, he's going to talk about making fur garments. Uh, Neil Olson's going to do some trapline memories. And then uh, J.P. Wilson on Bobcats, uh, Bobcats and Canines, he's going to do a demo there. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Kenny Peck, Canine Without Lures. Gary Jepson's going to do a demo on Coyotes. Mark Zagger, the Zagman, the Pipe Dream set for uh, Canines. Uh, that's that's a pretty popular set, and Zagger's uh, made quite a name for himself, uh, being a, a really good coyote trapper in upstate New York. Uh, 3.30, the firing of the cannon and the kids' fishing contest. You got coon dog trials at 4, and uh, Saturday night, there's a big auction, dance, and everything else. So that's uh, it is a full, full weekend. Uh, there's all kinds of other stuff going on there, um, and uh, it's just uh, it's a good weekend and I'm sure a lot of the other trapper conventions are uh, very much the same so uh, check out your your local convention now we are going to take a quick break I'm going to give a couple other plugs of uh, of some some other recent things in the trapping world and then we're going to talk about our main topic of the night it'll be a pretty short topic we're going to talk about uh, Jim Helfrich's book, Profitable Fox Trapping. So there are not a lot of other uh, podcasts available on trapping. Uh, I've mentioned in the past uh, Trapping Radio, that is Clint Locklear's podcast. Uh, He's pretty much been the only one in this game for a very long time. And he's kind of of the, the first guy in the trapping industry to really break out and say I'm going to do this online thing and uh, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and and do things that all the old timer uh, guys in trapping have not been willing to do and he he made a really big online presence did a bunch of stuff uh, with website trapping websites and uh, this trapping radio podcast has been going on for years you can find it trappingradio2.com and the reason I bring that up is he had a a pretty incredible interview uh, about a week ago at the NTA convention up in Escanaba, and he interviewed Tom Miranda, and I I actually sent an email to Clint just to thank him after I listened to that because it it was a pretty awesome uh, opportunity to to hear from Tom. Um, it, it, most of you guys know who Tom Miranda is. Tom is an absolute legend in the trapping industry. He's the guy that started all of those fur fishing game videos on trapping, the Trapper's Library, where he did a bunch of different trapping instructional videos back in the fur boom days when it was really uh, a big thing. And Tom, uh, he he just... he. He became an overnight kind of an overnight sensation that was uh, probably a decade in the making at the time. Uh, but he he became a professional trapper. He became a professional videographer. He produced all those videos, and so many people have learned how to trap from Tom's videos. And and when I started trapping, the first video I watched, uh, uh, the first several videos I watched were those fur fishing game videos with Tom. It. It's just uh, he has had such a positive impact in the industry, 
and he had a line of lures. He has he had books. Um, I've I've uh, read his uh, you know his competition line fox trapping book. I re- I reviewed it on Trapping Today, and talked about it on the podcast. Great book. He Tom Miranda's lures are still available. You can still find them uh, from supply dealers. So Tom Tom was a big deal in the trapping industry, and he left. He moved on to to bow hunting. Tom did uh, did bow hunting a TV show for many many years, and he was incredibly successful with that. He just kind of blew up in the outdoor scene. And for a lot of us, it was like, well, what happened to Tom Miranda? You know, and he, during the fur boom when you could make big money trapping, he was selling all kinds of DVDs and doing really well. Um, it was kind of a lot of us, you know, kind of wish he stayed with trapping, but also understand that. You know, he had to make a living, and and he had to move into something different. And I've always wanted to ask Tom that question, those questions of why, and you know, how do you feel about trapping nowadays, and uh, what were your motivations behind what you did, and and what brought you to certain places, and and all of that. And and Clint did a really good job of, of asking those questions, and. Uh, really getting Tom. Tom just was an awesome interview, and and as popular as he is now, it was so cool to see him take the time to sit down and provide that uh, that interview, and for Clint to corner him that was and, and get him to do the interview. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Tom is an incredibly hard worker and really an inspiration for anybody that wants to do something in the outdoors business. So uh, if you get a chance, uh, go to trappingradio2.com and search for that Tom Miranda interview. It was, it was really neat. I'm going to go listen to it again here in the next couple of days because uh, it, it was that good. And uh, as far as other trapping podcasts, um, you have uh, The Meat Trapper that does something on Clint's website, uh, Tim. Uh, it's That's kind of more survivalist type stuff, uh, but he does do snaring and trapping um, talk uh, at times, and I mentioned Tundra Talk. So that's Tyler Friel. He's a uh, he's contributor to Outdoor Life. He's up in Alaska. It's mostly hunting, but he does talk trapping occasionally. So that's a great podcast. Um, and pretty much, the, you know, trapping today. Uh, you know, we're we're one of the only people that's that's doing doing this right now, or I am one of the only people doing this. But I just found a new trapping podcast and it's uh the the guy from trapping inc tv and his name uh i think it's keith mellon uh him and his wife do this trapping inc tv it's a tv show uh, they're up in canada in alberta they have a registered trap line trap line cabin they do a bunch of wilderness style trapping uh the the trapping inc tv has has kind of become an explosion uh, success on outdoor TV in Canada and they it's available you can get on YouTube and see a bunch of their episodes uh, I if you have Amazon Prime you can get uh, full episodes of three seasons right now uh, of Trapping Inc. TV and it's, uh, I haven't watched a lot of it I've watched one or two episodes uh, but it's a really well done um, and, and it's a really neat view into uh, their experience as trappers and they go on other people's trap lines and stuff and 
communicate trapping in a very, very professional manner, and they do a great job at it. Well, uh, he and his wife just started this podcast, and I think they have several episodes, but there's only three in the feed. Um, I just uh, found it on, on my podcast app on my phone, and I, I listened to the first three episodes, and really cool stuff. They, they're they're going to, I think if they keep doing that, it's going to be a great uh, resource for trappers. It's called Scuttlebutt, uh, Trapping Inc. TV Scuttlebutt Podcast. So if you get a chance, check that out. You know, there's not a lot. I, I think it's great that more people are getting into doing podcasts for trapping. Uh, I think uh, uh, for all of us, it's a positive thing. There's definitely... Um, more opportunity and there's a lot of people that are looking for trapping information so um, check that out if you get a chance and I hope um, they continue to do that and finally let's talk about Jim Helfrich Profitable Fox Trapping so this is an old book Profitable Fox Trapping uh, The Helfrich Professional System by Jim Helfrich Professional Trapper this was written in 1980 so it's an old book, and it was written back in the fur boom. It's a good book. So Jim, uh, if you're not familiar with Jim, I think he is still around and trapping. I'm pretty, actually pretty sure he is because he commented on, uh, on one of my articles on trapping today a while back. Uh, and he's not really in the scene as much anymore. Uh, he's an older guy now. But Jim wrote uh, several books on trapping, he trapped for a living for a long time, uh, back in the fur boom when a lot of people did. And he had a line of, of uh, trapping lures. And he did, uh, you know, he's very successful with the trapping lures. Um, over time, I think, uh, you know, maybe had a hard time financially making it work uh, as a professional trapper and a lure maker. And so he kind of faded out of the, the scene as far as that goes. But, um, Definitely a guy that that was uh, at the top of the game and uh, was an innovator in his time and learned a lot and taught a lot to young trappers getting started. So this is a pretty simple book, a pretty quick book, and it, there, you could uh, fill a, a bookshelf with the number of fox trapping books that were, uh, were written around this time. And I've, I've reviewed uh, three of them so far and I'll continue to review them. Uh, Tom Miranda's competition line fox trapping and then uh, Russ Carmen's professional fox trapping book and there's many many others and the reason for this is these guys were getting like 50 to 70 dollars for a fox pelt and this was before the coyotes moved into the east and they were absolutely slamming foxes there are foxes everywhere and you could really make a living a very very good living you could if you were a professional doing big numbers you could make a year's salary in two months on the trap line just trapping fox this uh, at the time Helfrich was in Ohio when he wrote this and he was fox trapping there he had also trapped in several other areas so he had a lot of experience in different environments um, but the book is relatively short it's an easy read it's uh, 59 pages and I'm just going to give kind of an overview of this. You can get this book at, at a, a several different trapping supply dealers. Sometimes you can find it used on eBay. Um, it's around there. 
Um, but he starts the book out and goes over just kind of some general information about foxes and their habits um, and a few observations that he had. Starts talking about equipment. And uh, equipment, he had one thing that I picked up on. I'm just going to talk about a few highlights here that I made note of. Um, he had a really neat stake swivel idea uh, for swiveling uh, rebar stakes. Uh, just basically a, a cut off piece of pipe with a J hook um, run through it attached to your trap chain. So something that I really hadn't thought about before and, and is actually a lot simpler than uh, some of the things I've done in the past. Uh, he talked about basic trap adjustment. He actually referenced uh, Charles Dobbins' trap adjustment book, which is, as far as I know, the only book written on trap adjustment. And you remember what we said about Dobbins in the past last episode of the podcast that he could write a book on a very, very minute subject. He just went into so much detail. Uh, such a professional when it came to uh, the getting down to the nitty-gritty details of things. And he did that on Trap Adjustment. We'll talk about that book in, in a future episode, I'm sure. Uh, so he referenced that as something to follow. And then another in the equipment section, one interesting quote that, <laughs> that Jim brought up that uh, it really made me laugh. Uh, I'm, I'm going to actually sit down. I'm going to look here because, all right, here we go, page 9. In sandy soil, he's talking about the the rebar stake, and at the time that was the go-to for staking traps. And remember, a couple episodes ago, I talked about the evolution of trap staking and anchoring traps, and how that's changed over time. And we've transitioned from uh, wood to smooth rod to rebar to disposable uh, stake systems that we have today. He said. Um, this stake, talking about the rebar stake, has no superior or even an equal. Use it. It cannot be improved upon! Exclamation mark. So, um, always be careful when you say something like that. There's, there's uh, not a lot of absolutes in any wor- in anything in this world, let alone the trapping game. Um, but he was pretty adamant in 1980 that the rebar stake could not be improved upon. And as we've seen, there have been uh, leaps and bounds of improvements on the rebar stake and, and the disposable stake, stake or the disposable earth anchor is really uh, the standard today. So uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. And it really makes you th- wonder and think about, well, what are other things that we're using today that we think cannot be improved upon that maybe can be improved upon? Um, technology and innovation is always changing things. So it was an interesting observation there. So going on, he talked about uh, preparation, dyeing and waxing traps, um, which he, he offered a, a lot of advice on. Scouting. Uh, he, uh, very similar to the Charles Dobbins uh, method, he went out and made mock sets and tested areas to determine whether there were foxes in those locations. So he'd make a set and he'd go back and look for sign. And he also talked about the importance of getting permission in the off-season to make sure ahead of time you had places to trap. The next section, he went into location. And he talked about general location versus specific location. That's Those are the two terms that he used. Uh, in modern circles, we talk about this often in terms of macro versus micro location, big versus small. 
And so general, which would be the macro location, he talked about uh, travelways, natural barriers, eye appeal, and crossings for those general locations. And then in the specific or micro locations, he uh, emphasized visibility, levelness of, of the set location, drainage of the set location. So um, drainage so you don't set in a low spot where you're just going to fill up with water. Uh, set being hidden. Th this was an era where there were a lot of trap thieves. There was just a lot of competition. Air currents, which carries the scent of your lure. And eye appeal. Um, so, so there's just different ways of thinking about, uh, about a lot of the things that we have to think about in setting up your trap line. Uh, this was an important uh, point that he made, uh, that Helfrich made. Location is key to becoming a successful fox trapper. And, uh, quote, a person can get by messing up on his lure or traps and still catch fox if location is a hot spot. Um, that goes back to what we've talked about in the past in terms of, uh, you know, lure is important, um, trap type of trap, trap preparation is important, but really location is key, is key, key, key. And uh, a lot of the other things pale in comparison to selecting the right location for your sets. He has lots of pictures showing different location areas and, and what he's looking for. Uh, then he gets into set making, so rules for sets. He has a, a number of rules for, for making sets for Fox. Uh, one rule, it has to have an easy approach. So Fox doesn't have to go through a bunch of brush or step over a bunch of stuff or walk around to get to the set. The set has to be made in a short amount of time, so you're not leaving a lot of scent and you're not uh, taking forever and just making a few sets and take you all day to make them. Uh, he believed that a set either had to be a complete mess, like an animal had just tore it up, or had to be undetectable, just like blended in with natural settings. Trap had to be firmly bedded. I don't think there anyone can argue that a trap has to be f absolutely firmly bedded to be effective. Uh, the stakes must swivel, in, in his opinion, and you get a packet and cover it with dry dirt. Uh, he also noted that he typically traps an area for about 10 to 14 days. If it's really hot area, uh, he may go back a month later. He then went into a little bit of detail on making a dirt hole set and a flat set, and then what he called the urine set. Uh, this is what most people would call a scent post set, but he didn't use a post. Uh, he just used like a short tuft of grass and uh, squirt urine on and bed a trap nearby. So he, he talks a little bit about making that set. Uh, he did mention an, an important thing where, you know, these are like the basic ways to make these sets, but you need to be able to try different things and vary your sets and kind of start with a basic approach, but then make modifications as you're out there. Don't do like a cookie cutter approach or a formula formula trapping. I've talked about this in the past is, is trapping on a specific formula. Uh, it's just not really not a good way to go. Um, try to think like the animal and try different things and see what works. He noted that each animal is different and may react differently or approach a set differently. So it's important we consider that. Talked about gang setting. So setting three to five uh, sets per location. 
there's a lot of benefits to this. The additional sets allows you to have a better percentage of catching an animal. If multiple animals go through, you can't catch two or three fox in one trap, but you can in three or four or five traps, right? Uh, the gang setting allows for better attraction. So um, if if you have, especially if you catch an animal in a set, they are an instant attraction to other animals coming in. You can get non-target animals out of the way. So if you just make one set and a possum comes through and gets caught, well, a fox may have walked by a couple hours later and you're not going to catch them. Uh, and the other thing is you can try different scents and different types of sets in that one area and see what works. So a fox may be just looking for a specific type of set or lure. And if you try three, four, five different ones, uh, there's a better chance that one of those is going to be what they happen to be attracted to. There was like half a page on winter sets. Um, this is always a tough one. And a lot of people talk about winter trapping and don't do a lot of it because it's really not that feasible. But he talked about carrying in dry dirt, using antifreeze, trying to find areas that are free of snow. Uh, he mentioned the snow paddle, which is, uh, I assume, the same thing I talked about about that Herb Lennon video from back in the 30s and 40s. Uh, that snow paddle he used, that was pretty cool. And uh, didn't go into too much detail about that. And then toward the end, there were a lot of short sections just on different topics, uh, like remaking sets, dealing with trap thieves and how to go about uh, preventing theft, dealing with non-target catches, trap-wise fox, um, reasons why you might have um, a trap flipped over and dug up, and uh, contaminated equipment, urine, he strongly believed that urine was an attractor and should not be used as like a suspicion remover or a cover scent or anything. And uh, talked about how natural a set appears. Went into a little bit about dispatching skunks without making them spray. Uh, that That's a good tip. And very brief, something about uh, a little bit about fur handling. So anyway, um, for its time, very good fox book and a lot of people have probably read uh, Helfrich's Profitable Fox Trapping back in the fur boom days and uh, got a lot of great information from it. It continues to be a good resource, again, with these older books. You just take them for what they're worth. You know, you, you understand there's certain things uh, that have changed over time and, and uh, some of the newer things are, are more effective. But some of the basic concepts are just tried and true, uh, tested over time, and uh, those don't change. And there's a lot of those in this book, Profitable Fox Trapping, the Helfrich Professional System. So that is a review, uh, another review of a trapping book. I'll try to continue to do more of those over time. Appreciate you tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Look forward to hearing from you. Contact me, jrodwood at gmail.com, J-R-O-D. W-O-O-D at gmail.com. I love hearing from you guys. Um, what you want to see f from the podcast. Uh, give me some feedback. Do you enjoy it? Um, are you tired of it? If you're sick of it, then just don't email me. Just don't listen to it anymore. But I would appreciate it if you did. That would be great. And uh, how I can make things better and, uh, and improve what you like, what you don't like, what you'd like to cover. And until then, I always love hearing from trappers. I always love 
when guys are thinking about trapping, talking about trapping, getting together with other trappers. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you again for tuning in.